Hello and welcome to I Am Enough, period. The smart woman's guide to being dope as fuck. This podcast is my freedom. Well-versed, unapologetic, curses on occasion, dopeness for women. The feeling you get when you are moving in your lane. The lane that you carved out for yourself, where you mind your business and live on purpose. No more pretending, no more fear, bold enough, brave enough, and healthy enough to never mind folk who aren't. Swaying to that beat, yes, the beat of my own drum. After being a cosmetic counter manager for Nordstrom and Towson, in 2009, I decided that I wanted to become more of an industry expert on skin. At the time, while I was working at Nordstrom, there was a guy who I was working with and he was working on MD skincare. And um, he wanted to be a dermatologist and he had just got accepted into George Washington University uh, for medical school in DC. I didn't wanna be a doctor because I wanted to have a more hands-on approach with uh, my clients. I wanted to make it more of an experience than an impersonal exchange. I wanted to develop relationships. I wanted to learn about them and their skincare needs. I wanted to learn their their skincare conditions and their skincare concerns. I wanted to be uh, the person that they came to uh, to help them understand their skin. I wanted to be able to help them to maintain whatever services they were receiving from a dermatologist. I knew what it was like to feel insecure um, because of outbreaks or um, because of an eczema outbreak. And I knew what clients were trying to hide. And I wanted my clients to be able to wear foundation and concealer and things like that. But I wanted them to also have beautiful skin without it. You know, um, I had been seeing a dermatologist since I was 14 years old. Um, He was a well-known dermatologist in Baltimore City. You know, I was on Retin-A for two years almost, uh, which is a, a, a strong chemical exfoliant. Uh, for acne, it it speeds up the exfoliating process. Um, during the process, you feel like you are in hell. I mean, at least for eight weeks, your skin is just peeling, peeling, peeling. But after 24 weeks, it's like you have a new layer of skin. Um, it removes the hyperpigmentation. It um, removes some of the uneven skin tone. Um, and um, it levels out the skin, and your skin is smooth and one color. I had a lot of hyperpigmentation and some scarring, 
and um, it worked really, really good for that. Um, it is no longer on the market, but it is, it was definitely effective, but you definitely, definitely had to go through a lot of changes uh, during that process. I wanted to become an esthetician to build a relationship with clients based on trust and knowledge. You know, I wanted them to be able to go to their doctor for medical treatment or prescriptions um, and then come to me for more of an in-depth understanding and for me to help them maintain the level of skincare uh, that they were looking for. I didn't want to be, I wanted to like bridge that gap, provide understanding, knowledge, and skin wellness. As a skincare professional or an esthetician, it's essential that your clients trust that you have an expert knowledge and will do whatever is necessary to stay ahead of industry trends. It's important to know what's coming, what's going. Um, you know, it's important to take classes to become, you know, more knowledgeable, to get certifications, um, to go to trend shows. Uh, to understand and, and, and take training with the line that you're on to become more proficient. Um, it's important to know skincare uh, ingredients or cosmetic ingredients so that you can pick a skincare line that is um, efficient and has a high efficacy rate because people want results. They're not coming to get facials to feel good. You know, they're coming... To, to get results for a problem, you know, or to maintain good quality skin. Um, it is also important that as an esthetician that you operate within the scope of your license. That means that you only do what your license will permit you to do in that state that governs your license. When a person makes an appointment to see me, they need to know to trust that I am licensed and knowledgeable in the field that I'm operating in, under the license that I say I hold. And that license needs to be visible with an with a, with a updated date for them to see upon arrival. There are a lot of new practices in the beauty industry that promise outcomes that are not in the scope of estheticians, cosmetologists, or nail techs. We just can't perform those services. And while the industry seems to be inviting, you know, the practices or training for them, uh, because of the danger in providing those services, those services are not offered in many states under our licenses. A lot of those services may be offered, but may be offered in the care of a doctor, an MD, not in the care of um, someone operating in a salon or spa. Estheticians are only allowed to work on the epidermis. It is the outermost layer of the skin, the top layer. 
we are not able to work on the dermis. The dermis is where blood vessels, collagen, and tissue um, is, and we're not able to work there. When you get into performance services that require razors and blades, it's out of the scope of every licensed professional in the beauty industry. The only time or the only procedure that an esthetician or a cosmetologist uh, can perform where you may need a sharps box is uh, extractions. And even in performing extractions, it is advised that you do not use any tools that may leave damage. Um, and, and the damage can be in the form of hyperpigmentation or scarring. And then once that's occurred, now you are having to work on an additional problem. You know, it's just best to use um, to use products that will help the skin to soften to do extractions when they are ready to not leave scarring or injuries to the skin. Microblading, dermal planning, and cosmetic tattooing are procedures that are not covered under any licensed beauty professional in Maryland. Yes, these are high dollar um, services that often are performed well, but they are dangerous and should be done under the care of a physician. It is advised that all services performed should be performed by someone licensed in that field. I understand that a lot of these classes are being taught, but the persons taking those classes are not able to perform those services legally in the states that they live in. Oftentimes when a state decides not to govern a service, it's because the service is, uh, is dangerous and it doesn't want to mandate it. It doesn't want to oversee it. And because the liability outweighs the outcome, they just won't touch it. When the risk outweighs the rewards, when a procedure or service is not governed under a license agency, it is an at-your-own-risk procedure. I mean, just ask yourself, would you allow an unlicensed attorney to represent you in a high-dollar divorce? Would you allow your mother to undergo a surgery by an unlicensed surgeon? In addition to um, microblading and dermal planning and permanent cosmetic tattooing, lash technicians in the state of Maryland do not have to be licensed estheticians 
cosmetologists or barbers either. Um, Maryland and maybe two other states, I think um, Iowa and Delaware do not fall under a beauty care license or beauty industry license. You don't have to be licensed. Um, but in all other states, you have to be a cosmetologist, um, an esthetician, or um, a nurse or a doctor to perform uh, lash extensions. Beauty is not pain. You should not have to jeopardize your health or safety to feel or look beautiful. Before scheduling an appointment with a beauty care professional, ask your beauty care professional a series of questions. You know, what are they licensed to do? What is their license? What's their license number? Um, what, what kind of services can they perform under their license? And ask them specifically if the services that you're interested in are covered under their license. Ask them if they have liability insurance. Ask them, uh, will they need you to sign a waiver? Ask them if they've ever faced a liability lawsuit. You are the consumer. You can't always trust or rely on a, an industry professional to be upfront with you. Although they should, you have to ask very pointed questions to ensure your own safety and your own health. Just because microblading is not governed under an industry um, you know, license doesn't mean that someone can't perform that service. It just means that the service that they're performing is not governed and, and managed under any kind of regulation or re managed by any regulation. It just means that they can perform that service because they took a class, but it means for you that if something should happen, what are you gonna do? You can't take their license because they are not licensed. And you can sue them personally, but professionally, they're not licensed. And so these are things that you have to ask yourself and you have to weigh before you get services performed. Ask the beauty care professional how long they've been in the field. Ask them what kind of courses and classes have they taken. You have the right to interview them and ask them questions before you book and pay your money. Because uh, for a lot of professionals, it's not about the money or the beautification. They take their licensure and their reputation seriously. Do your homework. You know, visit the Department of Labor License and Regulation website to see if your professional is meeting the at least bare minimum industry standards of just simply being licensed. You know, call the Maryland Licensing Board at 410-230-6320 for confirmation that your beauty care professional is operating 
under a license that is in fact not outdated. You know, and as a beauty care professional, if you're operating as a barber, a cosmetologist, or an esthetician in any place other than a salon suite or a commercial building that is regulated for hair or a salon, then you have to do your due diligence to get the proper paperwork. In Baltimore City, if you are operating as an esthetician or a cosmetologist in a commercial space other than a salon suite, you have to, number one, apply for an occupancy permit. If you're not renting a booth that has these um, professional permits, then you have to get one. You have to apply, apply for an occupancy permit. That can sometimes take to up to a month. If it is approved, then you can go on to sending that information uh, to the cosmetology board. And then you can get from them what is called an original salon permit, which costs $200. If what you're doing is denied, and they need more information, you have to appeal to the zoning board. And that can take that can take an additional two to three months after you receive approval, if you receive approval, you have to email the final copy of an eight by 10 approval to the cosmetology board. And then after you do that and you get notification that you approved, you are approved, you then qualify for an original salon permit which you have to pay $200 for. Every beauty industry professional in every state in the United States is governed by a licensing board. It is the board that sets the standard for that professional scope of practice. That means that state, that board determines what that industry professional can and cannot do under their license. If you want to perform those services not under your license, then you have to remove your license and practice without being a licensed professional. An industry license signifies expertise and professionalism. When a person takes the time to become efficient and knowledgeable in their field, it simply says that you are willing to give your clients the best by meeting the industry standards. Clients deserve that. It's so much more to this industry than just making money. Like I know that lash techs make money hand over fist or brow blading, uh, microblading is expensive. And, you know, if you do a few, you make a lot of money. Like everything cannot just be about making a ton of money if you're doing a, a huge disservice to the industry or your client. Um, there's so much to learn about infectious disease, sanitation, cross-contamination, and contraindications. And when you're taking these courses 
they may give you um, a small indication of what could happen with this specific service. But there's so many things that aren't being covered that could happen that you learn while you're training for your license that isn't covered. There's no possible way that you can fit all of the things that we learn as industry professionals or licensed industry professionals in a two to three day class. It's not possible, not at all. Um, when you set a standard to be ethical and professional, it is no longer about profitability. When you put the care of others over money, you will exceed all expectations and you stand to become a notable industry professional. Compromising what is right for financial gain hurts everyone. I do not think that people intentionally mean to do harm. However, unintentional hurt is the worst hurt there is. And at times, the harm can be irreparable. Two clients. Having services performed that are not governed by your state's cosmetology board puts your health and welfare in jeopardy. When services are not governed, that means that there is no one ensuring and regulating your safety and welfare. Two professionals. It is unethical and unprofessional to operate outside of your scope of practice. In doing so, you put your clients in jeopardy and you lessen the respectability of this industry. There have been so many of us who have worked extremely hard to gain the knowledge necessary to become experts of this industry. I know after my first facial, I was hooked. I knew that I was supposed to be an esthetician. To jeopardize the professionalism lessens the standards and the values that we uphold as professionals. I represent this industry with a keen understanding and sense of what it means to be an industry professional. Estheticians, cosmetologists, and nail techs and barbers as well work tirelessly to be at the top of their field. And it is disheartening when we witness imposters who don't care enough to learn the field that they are infiltrating. In case I did not introduce myself, my name is Drenery Gwen. I attended aesthetic school in 2008 and went on to sit for the Maryland State Board of Aesthetics, in which I passed. 
I became a licensed esthetician in the state of Maryland. I went on to complete my bachelor's degree in business administration. After I completed my bachelor's degree in business administration, I went on to become NCEA certified, which is a national certification that allows me to practice in other states and the United States of America. My specialty is acne and eczema. I attended a Dermalogica sponsored school. And after graduating, I went on to take graduate courses at the International Dermal Institute. I was able to study other lines and learn and master those lines as well. As well. I prefer lines that have a high level of efficacy and are known to produce the results that make clients happy. Initially, I did not want to learn lash extensions um, because I did not want to become inundated with lashes that I lose focus of why I got into this industry in the first place. I love skin. I love educating clients on skin care, well-being, and health. There are clients that are struggling with grades of acne, rosacea, eczema, melasma, and other things. And it is my hope that the skills and the knowledge that I have possessed over the years or encompassed over the years will help someone and to create a level of esteem in them where they too know that they are enough. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening, and I hope that this podcast was a help to you. If you have additional questions or concerns, please feel free to contact me at contact at BIA dash is dot com I can be also reached at Facebook capital B I A comma I N C period you can also uh, DM me on Instagram at B I A underscore I N C again thank you thank you for joining me have a good night